Well, today we have the, a very special treat here, and something we haven't been able to do much of over the course of this COVID season, and that is to have guest ministry join with us. And today I'm very privileged to be able to welcome uh, Gary Hayes and his wife Sheila from Hamilton, uh, Ontario. Pastor Gary uh, is a prophetic voice not only in our country, but to the nations of the world. And uh, he'll tell you a little bit more about what he does and, 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 and what he's involved in here today. But I want to give a special Eastside welcome to Pastor Gary Hayes. Thank you, Pastor. Sheila's going to share. Good, good morning. It's good to be with you. My wife is going to share something that God put on her heart for you guys. So I, um, as I've just been here this week and enjoying um, Eastside, I love you guys. I love this church. Um, I, I just feel like this is a, a word of God for your church um, and for your leaders. And I really pray that this encourages you. In the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 4, 14 to 18, I'm just going to read this portion and then I'm just going to um, share what I believe God just gave me for you. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, um, the, uh, the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome um, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that they were aware that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked, but the men who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. And I just really um, feel like we all know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, sometimes that enemy, um, uh, well, the enemy comes in many forms. And I just really, really believe in this season that God is going to put tools in your hands that you've never, ever had and held before. It could be a weapon. It could be, and I'm not talking a physical weapon. I'm talking something that you're going to be able to use to fight in a battle that you're in. But he's also going to give you innovation. And those who may be um, 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 just feeling like they, they need to um, enter into a different season of work or um, that type of thing, I really believe that God is going to give you innovation. He's going to give you um, creativity, and he's going to give you ideas. And they're going to come from him, and they're going to be a blessing to you and your families, your sons and your daughters. I believe that God is going to expose um, the enemies that try to come in and steal, kill, and destroy, and he's going to put things in your hands that will help you um, fight against that enemy, fight against that attack that comes against you. And um, I even believe that some people here are going to get innovation for others. And as the body of Christ shares and builds one another up and encourages each other, things are going to drop into their spirit as they share 
to you and things are going to drop into your spirit, ideas. And, and it's, it's almost like a collaboration. We're coming together because we care about one another and we want to build up one another. And I believe that the story of Nehemiah just um, points out the importance, even though some of those builders weren't familiar with the weapons that they had to have beside them and had to per perhaps pull out and use, um, they knew God was with them, so they knew that they would be able to wield those weapons um, if necessary. And so in a season where it sometimes feels like a foundation is crippling or the enemy's coming in at us, sometimes God's going to give us something in our hand that doesn't feel familiar. But trust the Lord. He's given it to you for your good. He's giving it to you for you to... to Think outside the box and let God give you the creativity and the, and the necessary wisdom with that tool for your good. Can you receive that this morning, church? Amen. Come on. God is with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. 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 Way to go. Hallelujah. That was a great word. Well, it's wonderful to be with you. How many were here on the weekend? Okay, awesome. Well, for some of you that may not know, I'm Gary from Hamilton. Um, there's a story behind that. But I, I get to, to uh, travel the world with my wife. Uh, we have run a ministry called Speak Life Global. And uh, we, we do really just get to travel the world. It's been a crazy couple of uh, year and a half of uh, not, sure, not sure what to do. But even in the midst of the COVID season, uh, through this thing called Zoom. Anybody know what I'm talking about, Zoom? Um, you know, we were able to go to 22 new nations last year and speak into nations, minister to them prophetically, and God's just really good. So we, we travel, we do a lot of prophetic ministry, we train and equip people and teams, we work with churches, we work with the business sector, and uh, God's just given us great uh, joy and favor in this season. We have one son, and he's married to a beautiful young lady named Melissa. She has uh, two businesses that she started, and uh, our son works for us part-time, and he works at our church part-time. Uh, this morning, I watched him. He was leading worship, and we have one grandson whose name is Ethan, and he is our world. We see him every day that we're home. They make sure that they bring him up so that they can go back to sleep. So I want to talk to you this morning about being sober and watchful. And if you have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen. First Peter chapter 4, uh, verses 7 to 11. Uh, those joining us through uh, uh, video this morning, it's good to uh, have, uh, have an opportunity to come into your homes. And uh, I want to read this scripture and then we'll give some context to it. Peter says, but the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Not a woman, right? 
Amen. Uh, Pastor Todd and Jan, thank you for having us. We really do appreciate it. You know, during this uh, COVID season, everything's so different, right? And so um, they've been so hospitable. They're bringing meals into us, and uh, it's just been really, really good to get to know them. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this time that we have, and I pray that you would just speak into our hearts. Lord, set our hearts in a, in a right tune to your voice and to understand the times and the seasons that we're living in. Give us grace, we pray, that you would uh, keep us on point in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So Peter is writing to believers, a group of believers that were under pressure from society. They were under pressure from government. They were under pressure from the culture of the day. They were constantly aware of the fact that the rules that govern the places they lived in were different than they would have expected. They were different, and it wasn't, the, they, it wasn't what they expected for themselves. They were playing on a different or living on a different playing field. In fact, they understood that in most cases, these foreign lands would be hostile. It would be a hostile environment, uh, environment for their way of life. It should not surprise every Christian in this room and listening through video that in most cases, you're in opposition to what is going on in the world. It shouldn't surprise us. If you're a citizen of heaven, I always tell my wife this. My wife and I go on walks all the time. And, you know, you, you look at what's going on in the world. You look at all the craziness. You look at the things that seem that it seems like evil at times is advancing. And uh, you say, God, where's the light in the midst of the darkness? And we believe that. We believe that his light will rise and shine and the glory of the Lord will be seen in all the earth. But it, it looks dark. It looks like it's going crazy. And I tell my wife, we are not of this world. We are not citizens of this world. We're not... We're only here for a short time. I think it was Francis Chan. Just recently, he had a rope. And he, he colored a, like a small section of the rope. And he said, this is your life. 60, 80, 70 years, 90 if you're good. And the rest is eternity. And this is what we're living for. And so as believers, we have to have a worldview that we are living for something else. Come on, can I hear an amen? You know, uh, listen, the, the, the Christians understood that living on the earth is a place where the rules are contrary to much of the gospel. And that world can be hostile. It can be a hostile place for the believer. Now, we don't like that. You know, North Americans, we don't, you know, we kind of live, we've got our little bubble, we like our little world, and we, we say everything's good. But I travel the world, and there's hostility in places. There's believers who are under persecution. In fact, statistics show that in this century, in this century, more Christians have died for their faith than every century combined. Let's think about that. There's great persecution going on in the, in the nations of the earth. And so I think we need to manage our expectations and realize that the world system will never be a friendly place for the believers. You have to realize that. 
And so we're strangers, the Bible says. We live, in a different, we live in a foreign land, but we have a mission. And our mission is to infiltrate the local population and proclaim the gospel of the grace of God, the good news. That's our mission. And it's amazing to me, as I read the scriptures, I was reading through Peter. I spent uh, maybe two months just reading through the book, uh, two books of Peter. And, and I, it, it amazes me how aware um, the writers were uh, of their limitations. They were aware of the limitations. They were aware of the time that they were living in. And folks, now we're talking 2,000 years later. They were aware that their time was short. How much shorter is our time? I'm not a big end times guy, and I'm not going to, you know, try, we're not going to open Revelation and figure out what's what. But I want you to understand that Peter's saying here, hey, Life could change very quickly. And the end of all things is at hand. And so we need to have an eternal perspective. In times of uncertainty, we need to be reminded of what's important. What Peter's doing with these uh, believers, he's reminding them. He comes back to it and says, okay, look, let's look at some things. The end of all, of all things is at hand. You're under pressure. You're facing persecution. You're facing troubles. There's a culture that's pressing you all the time. So here, I want to give you four things. This is what Peter says. Here's four things. Let's look at them. Number one, he says, be serious and watchful in your prayers. So he says, hey, let's come back to the most important things, and it's prayer. The, the Hebrew or the Greek word for serious means this. It means to have self-control or to be in one's right mind. Yesterday, or actually on Friday night, we talked about learning how to hear God for yourself. Learning how in the midst of crazy times, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of pressure, what is going to get you through that is learning how to hear the voice of God is learning how to develop conversations with God. And so there's, he says, be serious, have self-control, be in one's right mind. You know, the enemy buffets your mind. Have you, have you ever noticed that? You know, you know what I've noticed? There's a lot of voices right now in the earth. There's a lot of distractions that can take place. And so Peter's saying, hey, let your mind be in control. Get some self-control. Let you uh, get in one's right mind. And then the word watchful there is this idea to be soberly vigilant or not intoxicated by worldly uh, cares and pleasures. The implication here is to be urgent, awake, and free from anything that would intoxicate you from making wrong judgments. Now, I, I, I was a messed up teenager. I, I, my parents, uh, we, my brother, I'm a twin, so my twin brother and I and my sister started going to this church. I don't know how we ended up going to this church. We were immigrants from England, and uh, when I was seven, so that would mean my sister was about 12, somehow we got invited to this Pentecostal church. And so these two men, uh, Ed Grout, would pick us up every Sunday. It didn't matter what the weather was like. He'd show up at 9.30, and somehow... Uh, my sister and my brother and I, my, I guess we got dressed and went off to Sunday school. 
I don't remember my, what my parents were doing. Maybe they were hammered from the night before. But somehow we got to go to church, and maybe they just thought church is a babysitting. Uh, her and my mom and dad could hang out for a few hours without three kids. And um, so we got saved, and then eventually my parents got saved. And, uh, you know, it's just an amazing thing. But then, you know, in my teenage years, I, I just walked away from the Lord and uh, basically did a lot of drugs and I did a lot, a lot of drinking. So my week, week went like this, Monday to, uh, to Thursday, get stoned every night, uh, smoke pot and do drugs. And then on the weekend, get drunk, smoke pot and do drugs. That, that was it. That was my kind of uh, teenage years. And so there were many times where I was intoxicated, and I didn't know where I was. Uh, one time, I, I remember waking up thinking, why is my head hurting? And there was a big mark on my head. And one of my friends said, you tried to dive in the pool, and you missed the pool. I was like, that's why that's that painful head. And there's many things. I'm not proud of that. But listen, Peter's saying, hey, there are things in the world that will try to intoxicate you. There are things. It's not just alcohol. There are things that are trying to get you to a place where you can't think straight. And so he's saying, we need to pray. We need to learn how to pray. Peter's encouragement is not to let anything grab hold of our hearts that would impair our judgments, anything that would preoccupy our thoughts and cloud our perspective must be vigorously pushed out. Come on, church. We've got to push it out of our lives. We've got to make sure I'm being intoxicated and I'm being, I, I'm, my mind is being uh, intoxicated and, and, and with all kinds of stuff. Listen, sometimes you just need to have a silence retreat where you just stop watching news. You, you know, you stop. I told the, the group the other day that uh, I, I've got a number of different social media accounts, and I do it because of ministry, uh, but I, one of the accounts, I just stopped it. I, I deactivated it, and it's been about almost two weeks now, and uh, the clutter in my mind is not, is not there anymore. <laughs> like, I, it really is. I, there's, I, I'm getting some clarity on some things that I was just, it was just wasting time, wasting time. And so Paul, uh, Peter says, let's pray. Now let me give you just a, my definition of prayer. Prayer is the instrument that removes anxiety, distraction, and forces that would try to take control of your life. Philippians 4 verse 6, Paul says this way, he says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is just simply devotion and conversation with God. And it will be a buffer needed to protect and awaken your heart. I love this guy named D.S. Gordon, uh, an old guy from, I think it was the early 1900s. He said this, God shapes the world by prayer. Amen. The more praying there is, in the world, the better the world will be, the mightier the forces against evil. 
The prayers of God's saints are the capital stock of heaven by which God carries on his great work upon the earth. God conditions the very life and prosperity of his cause on prayer. On prayer. Peter's saying, look, self-control promotes wakefulness, watchfulness, and both promote prayer. Both stir prayer. Folks, in these troubling times, I want to encourage you. Peter's saying this. The end of all things is at hand. Keep praying. Add prayer into your heart. Add prayer into your day. There's many times, like, I've gone through seasons in my own personal life where I prayed three hours a day. No problem. It was like, boom, just so quick. The three hours went really quickly. And then there's times where I pray half hour a day. And then there's some times where I pray five minutes a day. Or every hour I'm praying at something in, in every hour, every time I'm awake. The point is, let's pray. Let's seek the Lord. It's not going to get any better. I'm not trying to be a negative person here. Please don't misunderstand me. But uh, it's going to get darker. And so in the darkness, in the end of all things is at hand. Come on, let's pray. Prayer is what's going to get you through. Prayer is what's going to keep you awake. Prayer is what's going to keep you sober. Prayer is what's going to give you understanding of what God is doing in the earth. At the very least... Prayer is what's going to put peace in your heart while everything else is shaking. Prayer. Come on, say prayer. The second thing Peter says, he says, above all these things, have fervent. Can you say fervent? Fervent love for one another. The word fervent there just means, it just means hot. Like, how many Spanish people do we have here? Like Spanish people are just, they just have a little bit of caliente in them, a little bit of hotness in them. They're passionate. They're passionate. Asians are passionate people. Canadians, we're a little passive. It's just true. I'm a Canadian. I can say that. You know, most of us are just a little passive, but, but there's certain cultures, there's just a little bit more fire in them. A little bit more passion in them. And Peter's saying, hey, come on, have fervent love for one another. The, the idea is stretched out love. A love that is enlarging and increasing in this day and age as we keep moving. I, I do believe, come on, do you believe Jesus is coming back? Like, I don't know when he's coming back. I've, I've got people on my Facebook that said within the next two years, Jesus is coming back. I got one guy, he's got numbers and details, and, he, and, he, and you know, I've eventually unfollowed him because he's just he's going crazy. But I do believe Jesus is coming back. But listen, all the more we need to love one another. One of the seasons that I've noticed in the church is that all of these things, uh, whether it's COVID, whether it's restrictions, non-restrictions, whether it's uh, the political cl- uh, climate, uh, whether it's masks on, masks off. I feel like we're in, uh, you know, what, it, what was that? Um, wax on, wax off, masks on, masks off, you know, that, that whole thing. And, and, and what I've noticed is the enemy is using this to create division within the church. When Peter's saying, hey, that's the culture of the world. That's the spirit of the world. 
and you're to be different. Come on, have fervent love for one another. Come on, look at just one another and say, I love you. Come on, love. Listen, love can be the determining grace that moves people from cold hearts into the warmth of God's arms. Love can bring security to those who are feeling insecure about life and wrong decisions. Where love abounds, I love this, uh, a guy named Grudem said this, he goes, where love abounds in a fellowship of Christians, many small offenses and even large ones are readily overlooked and forgotten. But where love is lacking, every word is viewed with suspicion. Every action is liable to misunderstandings and conflicts about, uh, and conflicts about to Satan's perverse delight. Listen, love covers a multitude of sins. Doesn't mean we don't deal with sin. But it covers it. I just look at you differently. I love you. I love you. I have one of my best friends, we walk and we talk and we get heated in our discussions about things. And, and we'll say things like, dude. I was like, dude, come on. And he goes, let me talk. I said, you're not letting me talk. And, and we're, we're going back and forth. That's what friends do. But at the end of it, we hug each other and say, hey, man, love you. Love you. See you tomorrow. And off we go. And then and then, and we have these heated discussions and it and sometimes it gets it gets passionate, but we it, we and it doesn't end our friendship. Hey man, I love you, love you too, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same bat channel. Okay, boom, <laughs> and then we start up again and we just have it's constant. Come on, love, fervent love. You want to know how to succeed in a world that's going crazy, in a world that's trying to figure out life and trying to figure out solutions? Listen, Peter's saying it. Look, pray, pray. Be, be sober. Don't, don't let things get your, into your mind. Come on, don't be intoxicated. Pray and then love one another fervently. Come on. Very simple. Pure love can cover a multitude, multitude of sins. Peter recognizes as this world grows darker that our love for one another must go deeper and more grace-filled. I'm telling you, you know, this has been a real challenge in my own heart, if I could just be really honest with you. Uh, I, I've got a lot of Facebook friends, and uh, some of them I've had to snooze on Facebook. Do you know why I've had to snooze, snooze them? Not because of them, it's because of me. Because they're, they're, it's affecting me. And, and, and it's, it's making my heart harden towards them. And I don't want that. And so I'd sooner just remove them for a, for a little bit of time so I can deal with my heart. And I can make sure that my heart is pure and so that when I, when I actually see them, not in the Facebook world, but when I actually see them, I can look at them and I have love in my heart for them. Come on. Peter says, fervent love. Third, third thing. He says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. That's a key, right? See, I, I, I actually believe hospita hospitality is not just someone who likes to bake or make cookies, 
You know, we, we've had a lot of hospitality this week, and it's been wonderful. But I, I actually believe hospitality is actually the opening of your resources to others. It's the opening of your life, your home. Generosity is a gift of the heart towards those in our life with no expectation of return. You know, in economic turmoil, we need to extend ourselves with our resources of time, talents, and treasures. Opening your home and heart for a place of safety and trust in this season of shaking. Peter says, look, we're going to need some hospitality. We're going to need some people who have much to give to those who don't have much. We're going to need people who don't have a place of safety to become a place of safety for others. We're going to have to be a people that will be hospitable, and that's going to make a mark on the world because there's a lot of people who are not like that. I, I followed this guy I don't always like him because he swears a lot, but um, I, I, I follow him on, um, on Instagram, and uh, he, he um, has a, had a heart for small business, and he's a businessman. He's done very well for himself, and uh, so he started this fund. It's called the Barstool Fund, and um, he's raised over $30 million, and what he does is he, he um, finds a business and he says uh, there, there's two, two conditions. One, you have to be plan- paying your employees, and I think you have to be, have, be in business for a long time. So there's two, two things. And what he does is they, they put a video. They have to do a video telling their story. And then what happens is he gets a hold of them, and he commits. As long as this COVID season is, they're going to pay whatever they need each, each month just to keep their business, business open. And uh, the stories are amazing when you watch them, and the people are crying, business owners, and they're crying. And, and, and here's this young guy, like he's just trying to do something that the government isn't doing, and he's, he's raised, and he's, I think he's done over nearly 200 companies where he's given them every month what they need to survive, and it'll be there until if it takes another year. I thought, well, what a great hospitality. You know, here's a guy that has the funds to be able to do that. And, you know, folks, there's, there's a need in the kingdom of God that we're going to need to be hospitable. You know, in this season of our church, uh, our church is a very outreaching church. We do a lot of outreaches. We see a lot of people get saved. Uh, last year, we saw over 157 people get saved in our church, even in the COVID uh, season. And um, one of the things that's happened, I don't know if it's happened here, but it certainly has happened in Hamilton. Uh, for the first time that I could ever remember, we have homeless uh, encampments now in our city. And there's certain places in our city where people are setting up tents and living there. And they've become homeless during this COVID season. And so um, there's a group of people within our church have started collecting blankets and jackets and, um, you know, whatever the necessities. And we've given them toothpaste and, you know, things of that nature. And every Thursday, we, we, a group of our team goes down and just gives them blankets and stuff. And I told my wife the other day, we, we travel so much and, and usually we travel in warmer climates. It's very rare for us to be in winter for the most part. 
uh, except all my friends in January want me to come to their churches in winter. And so, but I had all these winter jackets that I wasn't wearing, and, and she had some, and then we had some blankets, and then we had, we had um, uh, what are those things called, Sheila? Um, sleeping bags. <laughs> you know, that we don't, my idea, my wife's idea of camping is the Holiday Inn. <laughs> or Sheridan, Right. Um, so we had all these sleeping bags that we think, okay, we're going to use them. And we never use them. And so we just got, uh, we just literally got all these things and, and gave them to them. And they went down and, you know, I, I, we had so much boots and shoes and, you know, we've got to be hospitable. And so Peter's saying, look, the end of all things is at hand. Here's some things you need to do. Pray. Come on. Love fervently. Be hospitable. And then the, the, here's the next one. Recognize, develop, and deploy your gift. Listen to what he says. And each one has received a gift. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, there's, he breaks it down into two areas. If one, anyone speaks... Let him, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, so I, I look at that as activities. If anyone has activities, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. We've got to steward our gifts. All of us have been given gifts. And all of us need to use them to serve one another. This weekend we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But every one of you in this building has a gift. Now, I was asked this question. If you needed healing this morning and someone was in this room who had the gift of healing, would you not want to know that? If you needed wisdom for a particular issue and someone had the gift of wisdom, would you not want to know that? If, if someone had resources and you were in lack... Would you not want to know that? Yeah? So here's what I want you to do. Turn to the person beside you and say, do you have what I need? Because in the house, there's everything that we need. And so Peter's saying this. When God gives you a talent, an ability, or a gift, he doesn't want us to put it on the shelf for display purposes, look, I have a gift. He actually wants us to use our gift. And as the end of all time is coming closer, I don't know when that could be. I'm not going to say it was 1988, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 88. I'm just saying to you, as the day approaches, he doesn't want to keep it, uh, uh, us to keep our little gifts and hope chests. And take it out and look at it from time to time. Gifts, talents, ministries that God gives us are to be stewarded because he entrusts us to minister to people. I, I use my gifts all the time. I, I go out into different places, different situations, and I minister to people. I was sitting in a restaurant a few years ago, and uh, a pastor said to me, hey, I've, I'm going to invite a friend, and uh, I'd like you to minister to him, and I'm going to just only tell you this, uh, he's a VIP, 
Well, what he means by that is he's a very important person. I said, look, dude, everybody's an important person. It doesn't matter who they are. I don't care what he does. I don't want to know what he does. I'm just going to minister to him. So this gentleman sits down, and um, I, I introduce myself. I am Gary from, and um, I said, uh, I'm not a fortune teller. I can't tell your fortune, but sometimes God has thoughts about us. Would you like to know God's thoughts? He goes, yes, I would. And so I began to talk to him, boom, boom, boom. And he just, like his eyes were open. He, and, it, and it, he looks at the pastor and he goes, uh, did you tell him this? And the pastor said, I didn't say a word. And he goes, uh, are you sure you didn't tell? And he goes, I did not tell him. And so I'm talking to him, and I'm, I'm opening things up, and I, I finish, and he goes, um, can we talk a little bit more about what you just said? I said, sure. And so we have this conversation going on, and, and I'm, you know, I'm just talking, but God's unpacking things in this man's life. And at the end of the uh, time, I said, hey, brother, I, I said, sir, I've got, I've got two other things that I feel like God's telling me, and I I, the only thing I can say is I hope this would, uh, would give you a sense of assurance that everything else that we talked about was, was really God. It wasn't, I, I didn't know anything. Because he was a little suspicious. And I said, I hear global technology. And then I said, is, does crystal mean anything to you? I'm not talking a girl's name. I'm just thinking crystal. <laughs> And he looked at me, and he looked at the, the pastor who was with me, and he goes, you didn't say anything, right? And, I, and he goes, no, I did not. He goes, sir, he said, I run one of the largest global technology companies in the world. And he said, Crystal is a techno new technology that we've just been looking at. Nobody actually knows about it. How do you know it? I said, well, I really don't. But, you know, God has given me the ability to hear his voice. And in that moment, we had this amazing conversation. Because what I was doing through the whole conversation was weaving the gospel through everything I was saying. And I said, sir, would you give me the honor and the privilege to pray for you? And he said, absolutely, please pray for me. And so I just prayed for him. I, I just uh, ministered to him and... Uh, prayed for him. He was, he was just kind of weeping. Just, just an amazing moment. And then, you know, we left. I, I went away. Well, the last time I was in Taiwan, I just happened to be in a meeting, and who should show up but this guy? And so I began to talk to him after, and he said, you know, I, I want to tell you something. He said, I didn't get a chance to tell you. He said, the last time we met, he said, everything that you said has come to pass. And he said, it's been the most amazing thing that I've ever experienced. He said, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to put it into words, but it has drawn me closer to the God that you were talking about. Folks, in this day and age, as the world kind of, you know, navigates seasons and navigates things, Peter wants to remind us that there are four things that you and I need to put into our life consistently. Prayer. Come on. Prayer. Say it with me. Prayer. Love. Hospitality. And using your gifts. Every one of you has a gift. You need to use your gift for the glory of God. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes?
Father, this morning I thank you for your church. I thank you for Eastside City Church, Lord. And we just, we, we surrender ourselves to you. Lord, we don't know uh, the timing. We, we just know that these times are very difficult times. They're serious times. And Lord, they're, they're going to increase in confusion. There's, there's just going to be other things that are going to take place. And so, Lord, you reminded us today that we're to be sober, we're to be vigilant, we're to be watchful. Our minds cannot be intoxicated by the things of the world. But when we, when we clear our mind, Lord, you call us to pray. You call us to love. Lord, you call us to be hospitable and you call us to use our gifts so that you would be glorified in all things. That's the end goal of it all, Lord, that you would be glorified. I pray for everybody listening online. I pray for everyone in this room today, Lord, that you would anoint them in these four areas, that they would have a new uh, desire to implement these areas consistently in their life because, Lord, you're building your church. You want to empower your church with every gift at, at its disposal to bring revelation to, of Jesus to a hurting world and society. Lord, that in all things you would be glorified. And so, Father, I just release a prophetic, a prophetic declaration, God, that this will be the season where you'll draw us deeper in prayer, you'll draw us uh, deeper in love, You'll, you'll release hospitality and gifts like never before. And we will make a difference in this world. We will touch people with the glory and the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, Pastor. Amen. Well, praise God for just what he wants to continue to encourage us to be really his hands and his feet to the world around us. And, and that's what I hear today. Again, we've been talking about this over the last few months, that even though we are living in a place where we have a, a COVID, we have restrictions, we have things that really we can't control a lot of, what we can still do is what God has called us to do, the mission that he's given us, and that is to be life and light to people around us. And I just want to encourage you today to, to be those people, to make that your priority. Um, uh, we'll be talking uh, in the weeks ahead, we're talking about standing in our authority, reclaiming lost ground in our Kings and Warriors series. Um, I just really believe this, that I also want to put something in your heart that you would believe, God, that this year that you would be a part of seeing somebody in your circle come to know Jesus, that you would be a part of that, that you would be somebody that believes for that, that God can do that change. And, and I want to say this today. If you're here um, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, there's a lot of things to be afraid of. There's a lot of crazy stuff. But because of what Jesus did when he came and what Pastor Gary was talking about, what saying that we can have God with us to, to walk with us, there's an opportunity if we give our lives to him, give a, start a relationship with him. So if you're here in-house or you're online and you're listening and you want to begin that relationship, would you just pray this prayer with me? Because we believe here at Eastside we pray aloud but never alone. And that is, dear Jesus, 
thank you for coming down to earth and forgiving me of my sins, for dying on a cross, for um, being raised again, and for giving me the opportunity for new life. And so today, Jesus, I ask you to take control of my life. Father, we thank you today for that opportunity. And if you prayed that prayer today, God says that you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do two things. If you've made that declaration today, that you would um, let somebody know, you would tell somebody, I, I, I prayed that prayer. We'll be here in the building uh, or in the, at the front if you're here and you want to share that. Or if you're online, you can just put it in the chat area. Or you can send us a message at info at eastsidecitychurch.ca. We want to help you make that decision. But I want to encourage everybody here today. Do what God has called you to do. Be somebody that doesn't just react to everything that's going on. Be somebody that is proactive and taking authority over what God has called you, you to do. Anyways, I want to say just God bless you today. Have a great rest of your day. And again, tonight, 630, if you're going to come and join with us, we will be having a, another gathering uh, tonight that you can be a part of. God bless you. Have a great day.